Welcome to Best Bad Movie Ever. A podcast about terrible movies and the people who love them. With your hosts, Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Best Bad Movie Ever, the show about terrible movies and the people who love them. I'm your host, Tom Ryman. Hey, I'm David Bell. And we have Jamie Loftus here today. Hi. Hey, Jamie. Hi. Thanks what, for joining uh, us. Tell us all what incredible film you've brought for us to discuss. Today. This is one that I have, I've never been more prepared to talk about a bad movie. Mm. Uh, th- th- we're talking about The Master of Disguise, the 2002 oh, one and only Dana Carvey vehicle. Since I, mm. since I got very into The Master of Disguise, he has released a stand-up special that I did not watch. I watched his stand-up special, but I fell asleep during it. There were two earlier Dana Carvey vehicles from the mid... There was a Opportunity Knox and Clean Slate, and they were both mm-hmm. in the mid-90s, and it's, this movie feels like this a mid-90s movie. This, this was, was the last... This was the last one. stand yeah. for Dana Carvey. Yeah. And, uh, so you yeah. like this movie? I do. I, I mm. really liked it for a long time. I, they, my family brought me on my birthday, and I was really excited. <laughs> And I very specifically remember my parents being so mad that they had paid because, like, we could we would go to movies when we could afford to go to movies, and so like the whole master disguise on Jamie's birthday thing was a plan. Mm -hmm. Money was put aside for it. Oh no! A fund was created. I remember my mom was just like, "I can't believe we saw that trash," and I was like. I loved that movie. And I found, I have like a screen cap of it, a review I wrote of that movie after I saw it when I was like, I think I was turning nine or 10. When did this movie come out? 2002. Okay, so this would have been like my 10th birthday. And uh, I gave it four and a half stars. Mm. Out of five or out of four? (laughs) (laughs) Out of five. This is sandwiched between a review I wrote of Danny Phantom and a review I wrote of a Gilmore Girls episode. Uh, the Master of Disguise, four, out of f- four and a half out of five stars. Excellent performance by Dana Carvey. I loved it. He could totally pull off the dorky Italian guy with a mission. End of review. Oh, man. He did wonderful. pull that off. It's just I never realized that was a type. I would argue that the best joke in this movie is that Dana Carvey's supposed to be 23 in it. <laughs> a 23-year-old yeah. Italian he boy. He says that My. over and over. He says, and, and he's literally twice that in this movie. He's 46 at the time of oh this movie's God. film. My first it's note so was crazy. just, how old is he? Like, I <laughs> yeah. couldn't figure it out. How old are we they supposed to believe They say it a couple times. 23, which oh introduces... Gosh. First of all, he's so clearly older than Jennifer Esposito, but then you have to put yourself in by a the, large margin. <laughs> but then you have to put yourself in the movie's logic, which is that he's like, you know, at least six or seven years younger than Jennifer Esposito because she's got like a growing boy. Right, like oh, he, she God. has like a ten-year-old it's son. So he has Dana Carvey has no world experience. <laughs> I refuse to put myself into the movie's logic. I, I fear that I would you go insane. You have to. You have to. There's so, there's so, it's a lot. It's a this, this lot. Is so, there's so much to this movie. I think the first thing we have to point out, apart from the fact that this was a box office success... Really? Yes, it made more than it made like three times its budget back. At the, I worked at a movie theater when this movie came out, and I remember it not doing terribly. Like I remember there being people there to see it. And that it, yeah, I think it had it was me. like something like fifteen million. It was me, and it my made parents, like 40. my little brother, <laughs> maybe a cousin. Yeah, <laughs> I it mean, was, 
yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> it's weird the uh, the amount like where the money went in the production of this movie. It seems like a lot of money was thrown at very specific things, and then the rest was just like, and we'll None just one set thing, dressing at eye party. One yeah. thing I noticed is that. I, I've worked at the Universal Studios here, and I've been in the back lot a lot. And this movie was entirely shot in that back lot, which is about—it's oh, no probably way. about three or four blocks of back lot that I'm pretty <laughs> sure oh, they shot this what? entire movie in. That makes sense. All the exterior shot because he basically works at like Buca de Beppo, but yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, that totally. And all the uh. exteriors have that weird. You like never little see shop of horrors feel. To you them. never see that the, far down the street, and you never like, see the sky. Yeah, like you get to see you get to see so many fun moments in that same exact shot right, of the, the Universal yeah. backlot, where you get to see a woman's ass. You mm. get to see uh, a dog oh, on a skateboard. Oh yeah, one the of my favorite on the skateboard. Can we talk about his obsession with women's asses? Because yes. he specifically says he likes women with big asses because it reminds him of his mother. That yes. was an intention, a very intentional choice made by. I agree. <laughs> director Perry Andalyn Blake, who we should say was previously uh, before getting the opportunity, this huge opportunity mm-hmm. to direct Master of Disguise, and after the Master of Disguise was like the worst movie ever. Uh, like Adam Sandler's go-to uh, production designer, and that was all he'd done, and that's all he pretty much all he did after is like he made he made he was the production designer at Happy Madison, and they're mm. like, this guy is fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, what about <laughs> promote him? He, so I don't think he because he clearly didn't bring any of those instincts to this film. No, no this set oh, like, this is horrible. Like particularly it's wild, per, particularly Brent Spiner's lair. There's nothing in that. <laughs> it's an empty it's white room. Empty. <laughs> it looks like a it looks like a children's photo studio, you know, and they just have like the, like the blocks that they everything else is white and they just have like things that they bring in. That's what it looks like. It's mm-hmm. very empty. There's oh multiple God. points cuz I've listened to uh, in 2015 I wrote seven essays about this movie and I found oh, good the God. <laughs> I'm really into it. Uh, <laughs> And I, f- I tracked down the DVD. It, it is so hard to find a copy of this movie it, yeah. on DVD. I found the last copy in Massachusetts, I was told, by an FYE employee. <laughs> <laughs> and only state. because my brother worked there. I had to, like, get, I had to get oh, okay. contacts in the FYE community. Oh, my God. <laughs> was that, like, was you said lot. you were told that by an FYE employee. Was it your brother? <laughs> Did you just, it like... was my brother's boss, who was oh, also okay. my brother's drug dealer at the time. So he hooked it up. And you were in a matter matter of speaking. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he was my hookup for For, for Master of Disguise DVD. Tracked it down for me. And I, because there's a, I was like, there's got to be some good stuff in the commentary track. And there is. Perry Andalyn Blake says, no less than 15 times when there's just an atrocious shot, probably when you see Brent Spiner's empty lair, he just says, oh yeah, you know, well, we ran out of money. You can feel it that they okay, but <laughs> I have a lot of questions about the running out of money thing. Okay, because this movie does seem like a movie that's incomplete, but the ending <laughs> credits show a bunch of scenes they shot, implying that they filmed stuff, and then did they lose the footage? Did they just like be like, "Well, we got to pack up for the or day"? They and it's like, "Well, like, we only shot half a scene." They're like, "Well, too bad." I don't know. But then there's things like. When he, uh, uh, spoilers, or I hate to jump to the end, but like when... We're going to jump all around. Master he, Disguise When his is... father is wearing Brent Spiner's face, 
and right. it's a rubber mm-hmm. mask. The premise is that it's a rubber mask super glued on him. And the, you see the rubber mask in a previous scene, and then he shakes his head and the mask disappears off his face. I thought, yeah. I would say that's a budget thing, except we see the rubber mask, we have it. Like, all of this props and stuff are in place for him to pull off a rubber mask. So and why wouldn't they just eat? Why wouldn't they just shoot it like that? That's another, like... like what? Or they needed a way to explain how he doesn't rip his skin off with the super glue. Oh, I, it's, uh, but they don't explain that, they or they would have explained that the first time. Yeah, because yeah. it's confusing. They introduce it's magic a very in the film. The nose thing. The oh my god! <laughs> the the nose thing. Scene. You're just like, oh, magic is real, and therefore, what's the need for spies? Like well, it's just right. <laughs> like he, it's just, he uses. He has like a magic. Ch- I forget what they call it. It's the force in this movie. The magic. Energico. 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 That he can tap in, and that's actually what makes him become another person. Oh, you said it. <sighs> yeah, and he. Uh, we see it referenced one other time. It's the first time he does it when he turns into a racist caricature of an Indian person. Yes, the first, oh, yeah. the the big first disguise yeah. is, is brown face. Is, it's, a, is, is Dana right Carvey in brown face away. and gigantic buck teeth. And you'd better believe that the commentary on that scene is very racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It is not. How good. racist is it? It's, they don't call attention to no one says brown face no one like it's there they they skirt that what perry andalin blake who is like straight up a villain he says <laughs> we had him say india over and over not afghanistan or not any uh arab countries you know oh he, my God. he assures the people listening to the con because this was like 2002 right and this then months after 9-11 the nation was still healing well mm-hmm. and and as everyone and their mother tweeted at us yesterday the 9-11 the the turtle scene was filmed on 9-11 which which is at this point a boring fact about this movie i am ashamed to say that's the only scene that made me laugh in the movie the turtle scene yeah the it's fucking scene. turtle scene from Made me laugh, and I felt immediately terrible. I laughed at a couple of because there's a. I did laugh at that scene. It's the one it's good. I can. Yeah, it's just the for, way for he keeps how, saying turtle. Yeah, like he keeps saying turtle. <laughs> he he <laughs> says he's what, the threat he gives to that the actor that's also in Independence Day and the Mummy. Yes, I forget mm. his name. I don't. Remember and Daredevil, the Ben Affleck one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the threat he, I can't remember the exact threat but he says all kinds of harm will come to you in your sleep turtle harm or something yeah. Yeah, it, was a, I, yeah. it was a stupid line but I laughed at it turtly turtle harm there that this scene I, I love the turtle turtle scene just because of it's surreal on every possible it, level it is. Yeah. especially based on like the master <laughs> of disguise <laughs> Is always entering every scene with the least, like the most conspicuous shit of all time. Like, how is he undercover? I don't know, but I wanted the one thing I wanted. One thing I wanted to point out about the turtle scene is that Uh it's the only time his disguise makes sense because it's it's him misunderstding what the turtle Bedelia kind of sense. I kind of assumed that this was an excuse for Dana Carvey just do the impressions he knew how to do. Right, like because because none of, of them. Otherwise, for the rest of the film, I mean, apart from the three seconds he's disguised as one of Brent Spiner's henchmen, no other disguise makes any kind of sense for either the location he's trying to infiltrate or what he's trying to do there. It's just a <laughs> random character yeah. he comes up with. Cherry pie. The cherry. The pie. cherry pie scene. I was cherry pie. I was waiting to talk about that. Queer that icon horrified cherry pie. me. 
That uh, made me. Horrific. I made an audible gasp. That's like, a, um, that's like some legit body horror. Thing they were that, playing. Like I, I love. I love the, the body horror. Cherry. <laughs> cherry pie. That was. They also got a horrifying. song called Cherry Pie to play while he was playing the Cherry Pie. Oh my God, that's something else. Oh, there's so much. There's so much to cover in this oh, film. Let's go back there's, to the turtle in okay, the nose. Tur- sorry, the turtle. Okay, yeah. The turtle. So I stood up when that happened. <laughs> and cheered. <laughs> no. <laughs> I stood up like we I was watching a car accident, and I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> like it was very surprising so the thing that happens is that he's a turtle jennifer esposito uh is there right very there well, that's the female characters in the are yeah. in this and god and we'll get to that that poor woman whose face is just pulled on when the oh the, the maid. maid yeah god anyways mm. there's a guy he has some sort of i didn't write down the dialogue but the, the Dana Carvey as the turtle guy bites off his nose, no visible wound, just right. flesh under that nose, spits it back on to where it, and then the guy's like, just, whoa. And the guy's like, whoa. Like he just got <laughs> like, like that was cool. squirted with a fake flower. Or and something. then cut to Dana Carvey <laughs> on the dancing. ground break dancing as the turtle and, <laughs> and everyone's then, cheering. And then the scene ends. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. It's There's like, there is also I, I have made a master list of <laughs> this movie changes gears so many times in the space of, but depending on how much of a purist you are between sixty eight and eighty minutes. But there's five different uh, there's five different catchphrases introduced, and none of them are ever said more than two or three times before they switch to the next one. There's who's your daddy? That one's mm-hmm. used a lot. There's you slap me, I slap you. That mm-hmm. one's used once or twice. <laughs> there's it's so crazy. It just might work. This is dropped in the middle of the movie hard. We never hear it again. Hey, they do it three times. They do it three times. They do. Uh, Dana Carvey does it twice, and then his inflated grandfather's head <laughs> yes. does it, and then pops, and then it cuts <laughs> the dog who, like, yips. There's a reason for that. And then that scene ends. <laughs> There's a reason for that, but they can they don't tell you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. <laughs> That's another one. Oh, yeah, that one. And then become another person, obviously. Mm. But there's so many. Okay, so the thing with the grandfather and the dog, because I was always baffled. I was yeah. like, by everything, but particularly by the skateboarding dog and the fact that there's all these, like, especially in the top half of the movie, there's all these lingering shots on the dog. And we're like, why? Okay, we get it. There's a dog in this movie. Apparently, in the original draft of this movie that Dana Carvey helped write, there's that, like, thing in the pop-up book that says your grandfather can't help you. Yeah. You remember? Which is, like, a weird, like... Okay, can't directly why? help you. Yeah. What a weird plot decision, but okay. And so I guess what Dana Carvey wrote was that it, the grandfather transferred his spirit into the dog. <laughs> and so the dog is like a genius. And that's why the dog's always there because he's supposed to be the grandfather watching but over Pistachio. But he never pistachio. does anything. Also, his name's Pistachio Disguise. His name is Pistachio we should, Disguise. We There's so much to we say. need to get into. His name is Pistachio Disguise, the age 23. Fuck is this movie? Oh my God. Age 23. Oh my God. I love him. It's, 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 it's. We totally derailed from the butt. I'm sorry. I forget how we got from. There's just so much. Oh, the butt. There's the a butt lot. Stuff. I still have like things about the brown face scene. Like there's just well, so you, much. You were, were going to explain that it was a specific choice by Perry Andalyn Blake. Blake, three namer. Don't trust it. The right, that's usually he's going to be involved in some sort of political assassination. Mm-hmm. If he's got yeah. three names. Someone's got three names, and they're that. That's a choice they made. Big trouble. 
Uh, yes. Looking at you, Adam Todd Brown. So <laughs> there's there's a there's a a part in the commentary track where Perry Andel and Blake, known villain, mm. says <laughs> reputed villain that he wanted the butts to be a thing in the movie, basically because he was like, yeah, it was like an anti-anorexia statement, like he likes thicker women and that's okay which would which would track if that was how the movie made Good it God. seem doesn't at, at all, all. none of that puts, comes across it just puts straps styrofoam to like very thin women right. it's it just, it so takes, weird yeah it <laughs> clearly fake asses on otherwise and then he just he ends up falling for jennifer esposito who is not that and that is, that's his conflict. Yeah, whose proportions is like she doesn't have a big butt, and he yeah. has to. And and he has yeah, to, like, what a deal sacrifice! With, yeah, that he has to make. The and then God, they, Jennifer Esposito, what the, a fucking horse face! It's just the, so weird. The like end of this the moment movie. she showed up in the movie, I got really bummed out because I knew what this was. Yeah, you're like, oh. and I was like, <laughs> oh shit, she's don't about do to be this. disserviced. Yeah, don't he do. Also, this. treats her like shit immediately. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, she falls in love with him like just instantly. I l- okay, I do love. There's like basically no information on the actor who played Trent. Bad, yeah, bad boyfriend Trent. Mm. I love. He's like cartoon bad boy. The he's second wearing, you meet him, he, yeah, he's like, stay away from my girl. And he's like, You're fuck like, that little kid on his skateboard. Yeah, he like he mocks just, her adorable he's like son. snarling. Yeah, <laughs> but you were gonna comment on his wardrobe. Oh yeah, I mean he he wears. We see him in like three different scenes, presumably all on different days. Always wearing the same powder blue sweater. Is <laughs> Every he, single scene. I wrote Trent. This, oh my god! I wrote this line down. I thought it was him, but I no, it might. I think it's a grandfather actually who says, "Curb your yammering skull cave." Oh, that's grandfather. That's a funny line. That's, that's a good. <laughs> that's, that's it wasn't I wrote that. Well. I was like, hmm. <laughs> so mm. Do you think the grandfather does a bad job? I mean, I think everybody does. I think it's difficult when your three main characters are all doing hideous Italian accents. And all different. Yeah, Yeah. very different ones. James Brolin's Italian accent and Dana Carvey's Italian accent are like night and day. They're they're both wrong. Yeah, they're both. And they're very different. They're they're different kinds of wrong. It's (laughs) crazy. It is crazy. I'd never, the last time I saw this movie, I'd never been to a Buca di Beppo Mm. and didn't realize that they're basically inside of a Buca di Beppo for... All the all the restaurant also the scenes. Spa- the spaghetti scene is so weird. The scene where it's surprisingly remember. gross. Which I don't to remember. Me. The spaghetti. It's scene. when he trips and it's it's when the new raider, the new waiter Rex, who's another foil, oh, a romantic yeah. foil that they introduce for no yeah. reason. Right. I always mix up. I always think him Rex and Trent are the same because guy. of this. They should have been the same guy. Rex There's no reason Trent. to make that guy two different characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But like Rex trips him and he drops all of his spaghetti all over these all over. And there is this that incredible shot where somehow one plate of spaghetti has covered six people. Yeah, and they're completely all covered. Totally, you can't see their eyes. And they're not moving. One of them has glasses over the spaghetti, which I thought was very funny. I it's a good movie, guys. There's so many there's so many choices made. There are lots of Firm choices. So uh, I need. Okay. Uh, yeah. I need to ask a, a basic question. Is this yes. a kids' movie? I think yes. it's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay, it's supposed to be. I had a lot of trouble figuring that out because the moment he gets in brown face, I'm like, this isn't for kids. Well, right. I mean, but the jokes weren't edgy, so no. it was like, okay, this is like PG. Yeah, it's. Def- but then there's yeah. a lot of weird like slapping and like. 
butt that was, stuff. I read about the slapping. It's because you can't have closed fist hitting that much in a in a and PG kids, movie. Yeah. Interesting. They had to be open hand hits, or the bad guys had to have their face covered, which is why he inexplicably fights ninjas at the end. You right. slap me, I slap you. Yeah, as they say. Right there, there. There's also that. I mean, this this movie. I was about to start talking about the slapping dummy, but that's a whole other that's, thing. Oh, there's so many fucking wells we in this movie. We haven't mentioned that the music, they have like, there are three, theme music. There are yeah. three different songs yes, that are called I, The Master of Disguise the that narrate the events of the Did film. Did they like just ask too many bands to I don't do know, that? But and they're, then they're like, well, <laughs> shit. Solange was involved. It was just, there's a lot. There's and Vitamin C, right? Wasn't that one of them? No. For some reason it's listed, because I've tried to find it. I think maybe vitamin C working under an assumed name <laughs> because she's credited on the album as Val C, mm. but it sounds like vitamin C she's and you can't find any evidence. Mm. There's another band on the master of disguise soundtrack. God, I have the whole list. I do believe there was a lawsuit involving vitamin C and her name, like a trademark copyright thing. Oh, no. At this time. If I'm not like that, I'm pulling that out of my head, but I do think, <laughs> Okay. I recall that happening, right. which would that. explain that, right? Sure. Yeah. sure. Vitamin right. C is also like a development executive at uh, Nickelodeon yeah. now. She's like oh. chilling. She's mm. good. Sure. Good. For She's vitamin killing C. it. Yeah. I'm going to go back in the closet. <laughs> Three names. Get back in your tower. Yeah. Uh, there, there, so there's Master, oh, sorry, M-A-S-T-E-R, Yeah. part one and part two. Mm. The reprise. The first one is by, <laughs> again, because I got the soundtrack too, the band is credited as Hardheads, H A R D H E D Z, slash Hardheads, H A R D H E D Z Z. So I don't know if that means that that's the name of the they band still, or you just choose. Yeah, they were trying to decide which one was more edgy. They don't mm. know. Which one was more extreme for 2002? I like the one, I like the one where there, it's the music video and everyone's in the elevator. You seen oh. that? <laughs> I, I almost I remember, remember that. that. It's Solange is in it. It's wild. Is for this film? I don't think I ever saw the music video. Oh, there's yeah, the one that's like the M A S T E R. Oh no, I didn't see. The, I didn't see. The, I, I they for made a second there, I was videos? really concerned. They that made music videos. Yeah, I was concerned that you were talking about a part that uh, that is actually in the movie and that I had just erased from my mind. I think that a lot of the bloopers are possibly actually from the music video. That makes that's sense. That's the theory I have. Where does they're like get bring in Dana's costume trunk? I think some of them oh, are. Yeah. I think some of them are like tests too. It, it, well, yeah, it, that's they're it, in the same location. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are in the him. same hallway. Yeah, it was like they were doing bits and stuff. And there's then like here, sketches. So the end of the film, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be jumping around a lot because there's so much to cover in this fucking movie. Oh. The end of the film where you just Brent Spiner runs off and that's it. And then the grandfather who randomly narrates different portions of this movie where footage is clearly missing. Very inconsistent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where he's like, and that he defended Pistachio, defeated the Brent Spiner, and he and Jennifer Esposito fell in love and got them married, and he became the stepfather. Like, no. You don't yeah. narr- first of, yeah, First of all, you're like, no. <laughs> Jennifer, someone rescue her. Right. Yeah. Where's Rex? Where's <laughs> yeah. Trent? Any of those other douchebags. <laughs> but then second, you're like, you're going to narrate over that? Like, and then you see in the end credits, they have a scene of them getting married. So they filmed something. In eye w- party costumes, they, pretty much. Yeah. They have them confronting Brent Spiner by drowning him in a pool. He explodes with farts yeah. in a pool. Yeah, we haven't talked about his fart bit, oh, which yeah. uh, every time he laughs, he farts. And then there's a I long silence. That did yeah. kill with me at my 10th birthday party. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it's the not... kids like that one. I didn't mind... 
I feel like they did something with the third fart. There was um, there was like one of his laughs kind of made me chuckle. I forget what moment because this is all they blur. play. They play with it a bit. Like he kind of there, there's a, there's a part where he like want, he wants to laugh, but he's worried he's gonna fart, mm-hmm. and then he starts laughing and he doesn't fart. So he's like, "Hey, I'm in the clear." But then guess what happens? He farts. He freaking farts. farts. Yeah. He, he lays a fucking fart. Does that mean he's laughing when they kill him? Or is just <laughs> yeah he's, he's yeah he's just laughing uproariously at the pool yeah. Yeah. yeah but they just like bursting they, with farts they shove him in the pool they like knock him out and he falls in the pool and the one of them says is he dead and then and then it just explodes farts. with farts and then they all start laughing yeah. and then the credits roll yeah and that really but seems that's not to indicate even the last ending no dead. this movie has from what I was able to count nine different endings yes. before it <laughs> actually ends there's. The ending that we just described, not the Brent Spiner, the one where it's like, okay, and now it's over. There's a se- The second ending is Dana Carvey doing a George W. Bush impression that he did on SNL years ago. Uh, the third Right, ending- he shows up for no reason as George W. Bush yeah. to confront Brent Spiner. Yeah. And then immediately admit that he's the master of disguise. It's like, again, it's like none of the... Oh, that's the satisfying ending I was looking for. <laughs> right. Yeah. The third ending is bloopers. Sort of bloopers. Also sort of just like, yeah, them dicking around on set. Like it's... While credits are rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Like then, dancing and stuff. Yeah. Then there's the ending that's basically the first ending, but with that ass joke where there's like four women who come out with styrofoam butts and like stun Dana Carvey like a Pokemon. Oh, yeah. There's like a completely different ending. Yeah. It's, to- it's the same thing, but oh with butts. God, and then right. he says... Like love is thicker than your behinds or something. It's very inspiring. I feel like they cut that because they, it was they too much of like Austin Powers or something. They cut it because like, it's bad. Well, but yeah, then they were like, bad. "Well, we need it's to throw really something bad. in the ending." The way I mean, yeah, the way <laughs> it goes. I was saying the way women are treated in this movie is not great. It ranges on uh, horrifying to makes no sense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, I guess that is the quote. Love is thicker than your behinds. And that is the lesson of the movie, I think. Oh, then we go to the fifth ending. That's a good lesson. So many bloopers, they run out of credits. And the bloopers continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep showing shit. At, at which point in the commentary, Dana Carvey, the end of the commentary track is wild because Dana Carvey is getting a little combative. He's just like, we're just, I did. I was assuming these would be featurettes, <laughs> and and the director is like, "Well, nope. We put him, put him in the movie. Had a lot of stuff." And he is like, "Oh, I didn't know that. It just didn't seem like it would make sense." So then that happens. Uh, then the sixth ending, the slapping dummy comes into play. Yes, that's oh a whole thing. God, <laughs> which is like a real Chekhov's gun. You put a slapping. Dummy. On the mantelpiece, you're gonna somebody's gonna use that slapping dummy at a, the end of the credits. A man dressed as Mario is gonna come out of that slapping <laughs> yeah, yeah, dummy a, at some point. It was a little person all along. It was dressed as Super Mario. You're right. Vern Troyer's understudy, which is also just like God. Everyone is. We need just, to. Yeah, we need to go back is, and talk about that too. This okay. So the the slapping dummy was something that his grandfather invented, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, but d- apparently there was a little person locked in it all this time. Yeah. And he's so mad. I would be too, like my goddamn thing. Is he compensated? We don't know. So he comes out. All he says is, "You slap me, I slap you." He start and, and then he starts to do that, and then Pistachio chases him. Chases him down the street, down the Universal, the universal backlot. Back and the movie ends again. But then, and then it comes mm-hmm. back. It's like this weird post mortem with 
this was laughing tummy. With 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 him, it's Dana, it's Pistachio and, and the little person sitting there in chairs just Why having a conversation. Why is he just as Mario? I don't know. Why is he just as Mario? This <laughs> was another point in the film where I made an audible sound. Yeah, it's just like oh, oh, like just fucking end. And now he can say other stuff, but it's still he goes, I like to slap a lot. Which is like, okay, cool. And then and then Dana Carvey does that thing where he he, lo- he breaks the fourth wall and he's like, "What are you guys still doing here?" And it's like, "We don't know." I don't know. Yeah. And he's like, "Get out." We're like, "Thank you, Jesus." And then it fades out. And then you hear him it say, "Okay, back. we can come back." And we're like, "No." Aiding, <laughs> and then no, no it goes That's black. And then the you end. hear pistachio. I'm sad. <laughs> and then it comes back up. Turns out the slapping dummy was sad that he didn't get to say goodbye. That he didn't get to say goodbye. Then they do say goodbye. Fades down again. Back one more time for the dog to bark. The dog like talks. Oh, right. I forgot that they yeah. brought it. Which the is, dog, that was like the final fuck you. That was my number one fear as a kid, too. Like that. Barking dogs? No, like that's very. It, 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 I think 2002 is probably around the tail end of it. The tail end. Uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah, but like CGI dogs that would be real dogs, but, but they, their mouths would be digitally manipulated. Oh, yeah. I used to have nightmares about the cat and Stuart Little. I assume you Kill can't me. watch Cats and Dogs. Cats and Dogs. I could not. Like I, I like. I, carnival for you. I remember crying during Cats and Dogs, and my parents took me home. Well, it's a very. Emotional I want to talk movie. about another thing right, that I mean, happens I, yeah. in the credits. Is that random scene of a mecha- of an animatronic Tyrannosaurus that eats Caveman oh Dana Carvey? God, yeah, was so that? expensive. What? <laughs> this is what I mean. What the by fuck? There was no <laughs> caveman scene in the movie. There's no dinosaurs in the movie. It's just there's no ra- Dracula this scene is in the movie. This what I mean about no. the idea of the the movie and the budget. Like, if they had shot that stuff, the movie is incoherent enough that I kind of uh, and they ran out of credits. Like, they didn't need it in the credits. Why didn't they, like, make a montage or something? Why didn't they work that into the movie? Because they clearly shot this stuff. They ha- yeah. Um, the, bu- they, they- the weird Bubbles guy... The guy's yeah. like, I love bubbles. And oh, then- yeah. The, the, it's like them, it's, it's him and Jennifer Esposito at like the toy fair that they mention, but then he shows right up as Granny Gam Gams or yeah, whatever. Yeah, why not just show? Who knows? Like, that I was, thought, yeah, the like, fuck is I this think movie? they were going to do like, like that many makes more a- sense to show up as a character to a toy show than then the gam, ga- gam Gams. What were you, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, like, there was clearly, like, maybe it was several attempts to, to infiltrate him or something, and they I cut all of them out. Or was did they like shoot multiple versions of the same scenes? That's what it looks like a lot of different times, where it's like you're seeing basically the same thing happen, but with a different disguise for some reason. Or right, like I he randomly know. when he comes back to Brent Spiner's mansion as the yodeling tax collector, and then classic. Bit. They leave him and they come back, and he's right the up British there with guy. Cherry pie. Yeah, right <laughs> up there with cherry pie. Oh my. Fucking god! There's yeah. a lot of just dis- and like even with all the disguises that hit the cutting room floor, there's still like five billion disguises <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I None think of it, them make any goddamn sense. I just got the Jaws reference for the first time. <laughs> oh really? This past viewing, yeah, it's just like too young to and that that is kind of like a weird tonal thing where I do feel like with this movie, Dana Carvey was like, uh, Shrek can kiss my ass. I'm gonna make a kids movie that's even better, and that's why he like. I mean, if you look at this movie from the angle of like Dana Carvey trying to like do Austin catch Powers. up yeah. with, I think he's trying to do Austin Powers and Shrek at once. He's clearly it's, this is clearly a targeted attack on yeah. Mike Myers or a fuck you to Mike Myers. It's a bit where he does the Shrek stuff in the beginning. He's like, yeah, I can do this stupid voice too. Fuck you. And yeah, he does a forty-five second Shrek act out a movie that came out less than a year before. It's 
it's almost like we're watching his demo reel. Like we're yeah. watching him be like, look, I can do all this stuff. And he was, you should put me in a movie. Like, and in, so he just shoved it all in this movie. And that's the outtakes is him being like, okay, now I want to do the scene again as this character, as this wacky character. And the director, like we can only use one. It's like, I don't care. Put it in the credits. Like, yeah, the director sure to keep like, cutting back to the kid giggling. So we know it's fun. <laughs> so we know it's supposed to be a joke. There, oh. But yeah, like he was famously angry at Mike Myers for, stealing his Dr. Evil impression, mm. basically. He's, Mike Myers is, is apparent, is, uh, allegedly is, his Dr. Evil voice is just him doing Dana Carvey doing Lorne Michaels. That's Dana so. Carvey's problem, though. It's like, all, all due respect to Dana Carvey the God, right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's like so much of his career is just like, yeah, if you're mad about that, like, Write a different character. Don't just go do George W. Bush again. Don't yeah. keep doing the what is this well, famous thing that he's church done? Church lady. Yeah. He's a church lady. And then what's the song that he sings? Oh, the Chopping Broccoli. The, yeah. Yeah. You I I found a supercut of him singing Chopping Broccoli like seventy times over the course of thirty and it's just like you gotta just you gotta let it go. You gotta <laughs> write something different. He tore is doing stand up now with his son. It's just it it's all I think it comes down to and that's why he's so mad about the Doctor Evil thing is he only had like a handful of ideas and he refuses to to write new things. Like that's right. it, right? It's just So if someone takes like a, one of them, that is a devastating blow. Right. It's, it's yeah. a horrible blow to him. Like, yeah. This means, does feel like a movie from the mid nineties. Yes. With the casual racism of the Indian carica- caricature, and then it's not even casual; it's, it's just so straight up racism. It's crazy. And yeah. I got—I wanted to talk about the real quick the snake charming part, where again, one of the most lazy moments in this movie oh, is yeah. he takes out the recorder and he starts playing, and they cut in like Kenny G saxophone, but they oh, don't cut yeah, it yeah. in it in a way that like they made any effort like you can hear the background instruments and the music that they use yeah and you can and hear like the music it fades cut off. in yeah. and cuts off and like his you movements don't match up movie. yeah and it's yeah exactly it felt it's felt so like amateur like you didn't even do the extra work of like getting somebody to record a good you just took literally took a clip from the song i'm yes. sure that just was another like last minute change of they're like, ah, no one's, we've just been racist for the past two minutes. Better add in a joke. Right. <laughs> and then him fucking making out with the snake, which is weird. I don't know. That whole scene's a nightmare. Also, it's like, and, and people don't really care about people being disrespectful to Italians. Like, I've heard people be like, oh, yeah, like, it's for some reason it's fine to be mean to Italian people and French people still. But, like, mm. I mean, if we're looking at Italian-Americans, yeah, it's, just, it's oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. he's Yikes. getting to speak like these. And it's like, why the fuck is that the main character? But also, Pistachio Disguise is a great name. You can't. There's no way around That's true. I Pistachio Disguise. I can see Dana Carvey boldly walking into some executive's office and being like, yeah. Pistachio Kicking over disguise. a picture of his wife. Yeah. And saying, taking it, biting it, and throwing it out the window. Pistachio Disguise. Final. <laughs> age 23. And the executive just comes and shits at the same time. It's like, <laughs> you, so much money is going to come from that. Oh, man, there's so much I want to talk about. There's, I, um, if you rewatch the movie knowing this, that there is a little person dressed as Mario inside the slapping dummy, it's a totally different experience. That's true. 
Yeah, it's like <laughs> watching Sixth Sense the second time. Actually, yeah. the saddest movie you've ever seen. <laughs> <in your laughs> yes, life. he's just entombed in this dummy. And you find out in the because you assume that that is like an animatronic dummy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Not so. According to the commentary track, he, the actor, was actually in there in all of those scenes. Uh, why the dummy? We because don't know. He had to be in the character, like. He's, he's, he's method. method. He yeah, was a, he's, he's a method. Literally, yeah, it's like setting up That's, a franchise yeah, for him. For that, for that, for that uh, tiny dummy pilot. So all the slaps were real slaps from Vern Troyer's understudy. So. <laughs> that was very satisfying. Exhausting. Oh, God. This, uh, another level of the attempt to catch up to Mike, because this movie came out the same year as Goldmember. Yes. Like within a few weeks of it. Yeah. So like another attempt to sort of ride that wave is the level of cameos he was able to secure for this film. Pretty good. Bo Derek. Right. But they're <laughs> of like Derek in there. For Dana Carvey? For, yeah. Got James Brolin. Very yeah, it's a, a very good. No, that's a major role. That's a big yeah, role. That's a His, the cameos are the cameos are uh, uh, what is I forget the athlete's name. It's like the he fast can't get man Beyonce, the but he does have Solange. Yeah. Oh yeah, the vi- the villain's fucking he premise. Takes- the premise of his scheme is that famous people can get right. So he gets Jesse Ventura. Anything they oh, want. Yes, he gets he Jessica Simpson. They they ask him if he can get Britney Spears. She's like, oh yeah, but then we don't see Britney Spears. No, no, She's no. in Austin Powers. Yeah, she is. Is she? Yeah. I've never seen an Austin Powers movie, oh, really? but I've seen the Master of Disguise. Like if you watch Austin times. Powers, any of them, like particularly the second and third one, the and then third watch one this has fucking Spielberg and Tom Spielberg, Cruise. Tom Cruise. Well, the third one is the one where Beyonce's in a main role, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. So you watch that movie and then watch this one, you'll be like, oh, Dana. You can you can imagine Dana Carvey and the on fact the phone like, well, who can we get? And he breaks like, in. Jason Ventura. Uh, Jennifer Esposito finds the collection of Polaroids in ben, Brent Spiner's house of all the famous people he's going to have uh, James Brolin imitate. So they can break into stuff, and it's like Robin Williams and Whoopi Goldberg and like Oprah and like none of them. Show public up. domain Britney images. Spears. Yeah, none of them show up. No. <laughs> but, like, oh, I'm so, it's so just, sad. Oh, what a heartbreaking film. This goddamn movie. Yeah, the the cameos aren't that good. I've, no, it's the, the, I mean, especially like the fact that they, they open Espe- with Bo Derek. They're yeah. like, Again, this es- is... Especially with the premise that it's the famous people can get whatever they want, but they can't get famous enough people can for those. Can Bo Derek get to the front of a line at a Pinkberry <laughs> is my question. <laughs> like... I don't know. I don't now. think that like these celebrities are actually. Well, that's like, another another thing I had to that's be told. We- it was Bo Derek to know it was Bo Derek. Right. Well, I mean, I knew it was because she's literally is dressed like she is in ten. Right. So, but that's the other problem. Wrink, major wrinkle with this movie is, Jamie, you were this film's target audience. Did you have any idea who Bo Derek was? No, and that's I mean, and that explains the you didn't that know the, I didn't know who Bo Derek was. Re- I didn't know what the, the Jaws, Jaws reference. reference. Did you understand was. the Scarface reference? Maybe the um the Exorcist reference. That was which. Point. Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, sorry. No, that's that's why I feel like this movie is trying to be Austin Powers and Trek at once. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, because Austin Powers wasn't necessarily, unless I'm mistaken, like that wasn't necessarily targeted at kids specifically. Um, like, kids liked it, right? It was, but more, they had to watch it in secret, right? Yeah, it was more like edgy, right? But like, so like this has like the same kind of like winky naughty stuff that drives me crazy about sh- the Shrek franchise uh like all these winks and nods like oh this here's here's a little something for your parents mm-hmm. but the but it's mostly silly fun for kids but it ends up being like 
no fun for for right, no, it's for no nobody fun for anybody. except right. for me. <laughs> but that's the thing but is yeah, the it's, Austin it's, Powers and the Shrek they like spoof their own genre. They're, and first of all, they start with a genre that they're spoofing. Masters of Skies, I don't know what genre. I guess spy films, it, but they don't sometimes. do any sort of. They don't really sort of mafia e. I feel like like why yeah. is it? Why is it? Why Italy? Mm-hmm. I think he just decided he wanted to do that weird Italian. Uh, yeah, I think he saw Michael Myers play a British man and say, "Well, I should do an accent too." Like this feels like he understands he wants the same stuff that Michael Myers did, but he doesn't understand why it was done in the those movies. So it's that where it's like I want to do a fun impression and it's fucking Quint from Jaws and it's like why it has no or like I want to do an Exorcist makes, spoof and right it's like, doesn't he's not he plays like it's just an old man like that's yeah. you, you just play the Exorcist <laughs> theme and duplicate the shot when he's getting out it's of the car so weird it's so fucking strange I yeah I <laughs> I didn't get that until the most recent viewing either like yeah. the Dana Carvey just like lives and thrives in the uncanny valley like it just doesn't most of what he says and does is just a little bit like you're like i see what you're trying to do but you didn't do it it's not quite human what you're doing (laughs) but yeah like oh my god that quint thing is baffling that was it's a great quint it's a great quint impression it's a baffling thing to do isn't it during the during the jaws reference doesn't the cherry isn't the cherry pie involved? No, it's during no, the Jaws reference is when the cow pie. is the only other oh, the that's right he runs away guy. and becomes cow right. pie. Which it's the only other time horrifying. we see the the magic start to like when he's like cuz they shows his arm and it's still hairy from when he was doing Scarface earlier but it's like kind of fading in and out of view yeah. and then he's like becoming another person and you hear him like start to lose it so it's like that's the, but that's like the only other time they address the magic in the film which it's so fucking strange what? it means like that doing this job is just like low level schizophrenia like it's not that's what they <sighs> that, so yeah what was they're the just mocking schizophrenic the, well, well yeah in the beginning scene where he starts after he spills spaghetti over sick a table of six you gotta watch that shot and then it's wild uh, he starts just <laughs> mocking this guy and his wife to their face. Yeah. And then James Brolin throws them out. And it's like, okay, how you keep staying open? It's crazy but how like, that scene ends with James Brolin kicking the customers that right. his son was making fun right. of. Right, for doing and, nothing wrong. And just were covered in a vat of spaghetti. And he's like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, and then he's like, I'm trying, father, but the voice is in my head. And he's like, no, you're a pistachio of the skies. He's like, that is one of the voices. Yes, but not the loudest one. It's like, do oh. you very very good pistachio disguise. <laughs> You're like, oh, you have a serious yeah. problem. <laughs> right. Why? He's yeah. troubled. He's hearing voices. Well, what is the magic? Because they wear rubber masks. It's never clear. So they're not sh- like shapeshifters. It is no. never clear yeah. what the magic is. But then is. the arm hair is, implies shapeshifting. Right. Um, right, because he's not tearing it off. No, it's like fading out of, I don't know, it's not clear. But it then he it. shakes his head at the end, the mask disappears, yeah. implying that it is... That's also I'm gonna, can, and he can bite off a nose without drawing blood, and then spits it back on, and it sticks there. I'm also gonna say and that's a bright dance. That's a bad Al Pacino impression. That is a bad oh, Al Pacino. It's a bad Al Pacino. I would say it's not even a good. It's not a good George W. Bush impression. It's okay, oh, but like also question that no one has the answer to. Sure, I, ask it. Uh, Pose this question. I wonder if he shot that scene as George W. Bush before or after 9/11. Mm. Makes a difference, does, but yeah. we don't know. 
It's unclear, yeah. We don't know. We don't know that for sure. We know for a fucking fact that Turtle Scene was filmed on 9-11. I hope it was after, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope 9-11 happened and he was like, this is the time time. to go after George Bush. need to take George W. I hope it was like the day after. Yeah. Oh, my. September 12th. (laughs) September 12th. (laughs) We've had enough time to heal. (laughs) Let's speak truth to power. God. It is so tacked on. It's, Yeah. It's so weird. It is so tactile. And that's another scene that looks like it was just like, yeah, like they shot the same scene several times with different disguises. And mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, we'll just pick the most fun one later. And then when they realize the movie was 68 minutes long, they're like, oh, we'll just put in the rest Let's of them. Use them all. All right. <sighs> okay. So bad Al Pacino impression. Covered all the really dated references. I feel like Even we for haven't... 2002. There's, uh, there's <laughs> for sure something we're missing. Cause well, I feel like there's more to say about oh, the oh, man. Oh, the, the pie man? Oh, you're real, real, stuck with the just, pie man. I, I just need to stress how disturbing that is. The pie man is and grotesque. And then he's spinning man. all the goddamn... It's grotesque. It's it's. It looks like that's terrifying. The, the pie disguise. disguise. And he also looks, the most time-consuming... Like I, That reminded me of like when Britney Spears did the music video for Toxic. Mm-hmm. She had to have like a, a million Swarovski crystals super glued to her mm-hmm. every morning. That's what the pie costume reminded me of. <laughs> Just was, like, how did he? Who was that for? It, um, we don't. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, as a kid, if I, I saw that as a I kid, frequently stopped the movie for me. I frequently had the thought, "Who is this for?" Yeah, <laughs> during the Master of Disguise, it was not good. It was bad. Um, also, I mentioned. I think I had in my notes. There's actually four Master of Disguise songs. I can't think of the fourth one though. I might have just been a, 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 a them playing the same one twice. I've got the soundtrack. Uh, um, but there are definitely two different versions of Walking on Sunshine in this movie. Mm. Yeah, why? <laughs> why? They play the original when he's walking down the stairs, and they play a remix later in the film. Oh, also, I feel like it should be said that the whole nose-biting-off scene mm-hmm. was Adam Sandler's idea, specifically. It said at one what, point. How, how is Adam Sandler involved? He's in a producer. He He's produces. It's a, happy yeah, happy, it's a Happy Madison joint. That's why. That's, and I feel like that is where a lot of things. Well, also, why couldn't the dog have just been the grandfather? That would have been something interesting. I don't know. The, the, it, it does make that scene make a little more sense because why would he need a magic box to call his grandfather's spirit when his grandfather just shows up to his house and explains the plot of the movie to him? Right, because right, that's almost all the grandfather does is yeah. exposition, whether he's narrating the right. movie narrating over the missing scenes <laughs> <laughs> wait but if he's in the bubble and oh because it's a pre-recorded message yeah and then it pops and right. then the dog and that, reacts yeah and the dog does talk at the end right that's the last yes thing and that's and, that's, and it's the grandfather's voice coming yeah, out of it makes him. sense yeah if the grandfather's in the it could have been a perfect movie here's a here's another here's another question it's it's the last note that i have written down that i didn't address whoa when james brolin gets kidnapped when is when james brolin and edie mcclurg who we haven't mentioned but she's in this movie she's the mom she everyone's doing their best everyone's doing doing their best best. what is going on she's eating caramel corn that's making her think she's baking but she's actually baking and yes. then there's a guy hidden in the flower that keeps okay. reaching his hands. Out. I was that really was kind of funny. Fucking, I thought it was but creepy. Like, okay. It was creepy. But he he shows her baking so she thinks she's baking. She is and fucking baking. Exactly. 
And that's why I was really confused. Was she in like the lair, the evil lair? Yeah. She's yeah. in another, an undisclosed location of the evil so lair. So she thinks, she he thinks should have said home. she thinks she's at home baking. Right. But he was like, she thinks she's baking. And it was like, she yeah, that's baking. what she's doing. I mean, I'd like to think he just had her in the kitchen of his mansion and she was just making his food for him yeah. at that point. But okay, so when they get kidnapped, yeah. um, James Rowling gets jumped in the alley and he does his slapping routine. And then Dana Carvey <laughs> spies it from the roof. The yeah. fuck is he doing on the roof? Amazing. Like, <laughs> he just, he's just, we see him leave. I've never thought about yeah. that. <laughs> we Why see him leave the restaurant. The <laughs> he confronts Rex and the girl he was hitting on earlier. I'm sorry, the woman he was hitting on earlier. And then. With the fake ass. With the fake ass. Yeah. Who is like just hitting on, like she, we see her later with Trent, <coughs> where Trent in, in the bar where he fights with Trent. Right. And he gets his one good, when Trent gets his one good line when Pistachio spills the or like throws the beer at I forget what happens. And he says, my tight blue sweater. I wrote yeah. that one down. I was like, good line. <laughs> the tight blue sweater Bravo. he only wears. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, why the fuck is he on the roof in that scene? Why is Must he on been, the roof? It had to have been the deleted scene, right? That's the, the first That's the first moment that I got where I was like, this feels like there's a lot of footage that's missing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> This is a broken movie. Why is he up there? There's also, the okay, so the, the women we see in this movie are, is her name... What's the name of the lady with the big ass? I, f- I honestly forget. I think it's... It's probably like the name of the character. It begins with an M. It's probably something horrifying. It's I'm, I feel like it might be Maria, but I'm not sure. Something like it's that. Something it's something like Italian. that. Or like, yeah. But she's not Italian. She No, she's got like a Brooklyn she's accent. A yeah, she's like she's a thick Brooklyn accent. Yeah. So her motivation is she will have sex with the most powerful person around in any given room in any literally right. in any given room because sometimes it's right. trent sometimes it's rex sometimes it's whatever so that's her jennifer esposito uh is named jennifer is named jennifer <laughs> yeah a single mom of a little skateboard and scamp uh she doesn't there it's i don't know because her character is so underwritten that you just don't i'm like how at a dead end in her life is she that she's like let me be a master of disguises assistant right that they're they openly it, what's that job they make it real real because she's like what's the health care like i really need good health care yeah. like, and, and it's and like man this woman is like, and she does her son have time. leukemia yeah. like yeah. what's happening yeah, and she asked him that very pointed question of like do you pay or do i have to reimburse and yeah. then it's like openly <laughs> I think what they there's were tr- also isn't there there's like a gay joke in the um and there's like an interview montage of where there's a bunch of like like any interview montage is just full of like horrifying stereotypes and then cut to the star of the movie going ew we don't like that and then the hot lady comes in and right yeah. Yeah. I saw like they didn't even give the interviewees a chance to be bad it he was, was just, just screaming showing, at them, yeah, yeah it's just just a montage of him being like you suck fuck you and like just like. And then Jennifer comes in. Right. And so, like, the implication is that the grandfather's an unreasonable dickhead. Exactly. Not, like, it seemed like he was the terrible. Problem. But what if you were actually the dog? Oh, my God. That made so much more sense. The gay joke comes in a random scene that has nothing to do with anything. It's sandwiched in between. It's just them walking down the street eating ice cream cones. And he, oh, they point right. at the right. at the person across the street. Like, look mm-hmm. at that ass. Or, you know, they don't say ass, but it's like I, I, that's a behind. I could really get behind or something like that. So that's the level of joke that we're working with yeah. here. Yeah. And it turns Hilarious. around and surprise, it's just a man with long hair. And then they both <gasps> freak out and like and throw their ice. No, cream No, they cones. both throw their ice cream cones in their mouths. Right. <laughs> it was yes. really fucking weird. It yeah. was like they had practiced that bit and then they worked it into something because it was. Oh man. 
it's so weird. It's bad. Oh, it's bad. So then Jennifer, she's man, she's really settling in every she every is. turn she in is. this movie. She's settling for Trent, settling for her job, eventually settling for Pistachio himself. It's and really she's gonna be Jennifer disguised. It's so uncomfortable that it's her employer and she's like trying to. She needs the job, and then oh, he's yeah. hitting on her, and it's like. Well, also dismissing all of the good ideas yeah. she has. And then, it, like, she's right. like two or three different times, she's points out, like, you should do that. That yeah. seems like it's a clue. Or, like, that seems like a reasonable thing to do. And they're like, shut up. And yeah, then, like, like two like, seconds later, it's like, get in a little outfit for uh, me. Wear tiny suits. And then they yeah. get like, oh, this this is a god. It seems like it could be a clue. And he's, they just, he's continuously undermining her. He's a nightmare yeah. boss. And he's, he's not, shit. he's a relatably nightmarish boss. He like, yeah. gaslights her into yeah. marrying yeah. him. In, and then is repeatedly like, well, I do wish you had a bigger ass. But because I'm such a nice guy, I, I guess I'll marry you. You're just like, ah! It's like, I no, she's settling for you, you weird hamster of indeterminate age. They were Ooh, trying, <laughs> they were trying <laughs> to make it like a meta joke, right? Right, the idea. Yeah, yeah. Like the way Austin Powers is where he's like, oh, it's funny because he's like, like to hair, to like hairy and weird, and like yeah. this really hot ladies into him, but he's just like abusive. <laughs> in yeah, this, like and so yeah. it's just, and then when they show us in the in the end credits, and they show us the footage of them getting married, they're getting married in his attic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where their wedding. The implication is, is he still lives with his parents. <laughs> yeah. at the Italian restaurant, they're getting married in an attic above an Italian restaurant. And then the last female character is his mom, who is like. <clears throat> cripplingly stupid and then but then but not then really because yeah, the then she reveals like I knew it was right. Caramel Gore and then she beats the shit out of the guy in the fire she has maybe three lines she could have ended Almost. this Very film weird. Yeah. at the beginning if she knew that entire time she was right why put on this masquerade yeah. like what, what yeah, point did she wait? find out because then James Brolin has to keep going out and doing crimes like yeah. they could have stopped this a lot of damage long has been ago done at that point there's no love in that marriage it's 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 a marriage of convenience. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're just standing there. Convenience for well, they both, who or well, they both own, they both own, they own a business. It would be too difficult to split up at this point. It's just they're just they're both comfortable. What's the restaurant called? I fucking forget. Probably something terrible. <laughs> I don't Probably know. something real racist. Uh, it might be Buca de Beppo. Or <laughs> Do they just run a Buca de Beppo franchise? Is that what's keeping the family alive? I love Buca de Beppo. I went oh, on man. Christmas Eve. Oh man. Dude, Buku de Beppo, you know, because that's like one of those restaurants where they like take your picture, even though you're always eating an embarrassing amount of food because right. you don't have a choice. Right. They mm-hmm. just bring you a fucking trough. And then they're like, here, you, now we're going to take a picture. So we, we dressed up really nice. And then I was, I asked the Buku de Beppo, I was like, could we just do more, like more pictures, like near the balcony? And she was like, yeah, I guess. And we did like this whole photo shoot at Buku de Beppo. <laughs> That's amazing. I've never eaten some really one. nice pictures. I've eaten at Macaroni Grill. Yeah, if you which ever I hear is similar. If you ever need cheap pictures of yourself <laughs> at an Italian restaurant, <laughs> at an Italian restaurant, in a chain Italian, the restaurant? people at Buca Bebel way more flexible than you think that they would be <laughs> about it. They'd be like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So, <laughs> in closing, <laughs> where do we land with this movie? Because I don't know. I just don't like. You recognize that it's bad, clearly. I but mean, is it just because you saw it when you were what? No, I think it's. I think that this movie is a. It's good. It's net positive for the world that it exists. I agree with that. It is I'm just, not 
Oh, let's entirely sure. Well, sorry, but yeah, go on. I want to hear the rest. It's like a perfect failure. Like it's just there's so many, and the more you learn about Dana Carvey, the more embarrassing this movie gets. Where if you have once you have the context of him and Mike Myers, you're like, ooh, that's bad. That's and brutal, once you have yeah. a context of he was trying to make a movie his kids could watch, it's like, ooh, that's bad. They don't want to watch it. And then when you learn about Adam Sandler's involvement, it gets worse. And it's oh just like God. this wormhole of mediocrity and failure, and it's really sad and you feel it's, bad for everybody but it but it's still it and it, it but it's interesting it is uh, it's it, fascinating it fails on every level it does it it's does like a, it's like a science it, i like it from a scientific standpoint right it's like a it's like an artifact or like a historical document yeah. like you just like wow yeah. this is i feel this way about uh, uh spice world a movie that is also really like I mean, it's campier and people still like it, which is not like the Master of Disguise. But like Spice World is a movie that could have only been made in a span of like two or three months and made sense to release right in '95. Right, <laughs> and this is like that kind of movie for 2002, where like if this movie was made even a couple months later, I feel like it wouldn't have come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The for me the deal breaker is the the, the brown face like the moment that the, the moment yeah. and it was That's surprisingly fast in the movie. It's the first disguise. I'm just like nope. He's in brown face. All right, we're all we're all set here. Movie. I mean, that's, like, and that's, that's in like, the trailer. That's <laughs> yeah, it's in the trailer for the movie. <laughs> that's part of what makes yeah. it fascinating. No, yeah. I get it. As a specimen, it's fascinating. But as a movie, I could legitimately be like, oh, you should watch this movie or enjoy it or show to a child or show to the target audience. I wouldn't audience recommend like, showing no, this I would, to a I child. Would, I would only recommend adults watch this movie to see how spectacularly something can fail. When yeah. I when I show people parts of this movie, I usually show them. The the nine endings because that is the most fun part the fucking turtle scene it's 12 it, it in the tur- i mean obviously the turtle scene is- it's hard to it's hard it's le- the, the that's a good place to start is the uh is the endings scene. but like even then like without the context of the rest of the film like you don't need it that's true but like it adds so much more there to is- those those endings like that caveman scene the ca- what was that from you would you would see that having not seen the rest of the film and just assume oh that must be an outtake from an earlier scene nope yeah, I can't think of a scene or a There's part like of the a movie. There's like a crane shot. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. There's so like much. Like that cost money. That, yeah. How, in the context of the plot, how would that scene happen? I assume it would be them a talking flashback? about the disguises through the ages. Oh, right, because right, okay. there is that very long prologue that you don't need. And then the pop-up book of exposition that you don't book. need. <laughs> and then the opening credits, which is a storybook that lasts like three minutes. Three minutes. Which has a lot oh, of yeah, that never comes back. Nope. <laughs> There's a solid 60 minutes of movie, I feel yeah. like. There's a, I, I would challenge Perry Andalyn Blake, whatever hole he's currently hiding in, um, to release the footage and let us cobble together the second well, version. I feel like there's at least a second movie's worth of lost. Right. Footage. Yeah. Like with that yeah. extra DVD they put out with Anchorman, mm. just all the stuff they didn't use. I feel like we could definitely get. Let's make this happen. It's true. Uh, uh, Master Disguise 1.5. Yeah. Release, Release the it. footage. Release the memo. Release it. Yeah. Do you oh, think man. that the Master Disguise or the Master is a better movie? I haven't seen the Master. I I like the Master, but I will say this movie is. I'm more likely to sit through Master of Disguise <laughs> on any given day than the Master. You have to be in the right I mood think, for the Master. I think the Master of Disguise is more of an actor's film mm. than the Master. Right, it's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. And also, you need to be in a. I mean, oh, I forgot his name already. And, uh, bl- uh, 
Perry, Perry, Perry Andalyn Andalyn Blake. Blake. His Pe- only directing. He didn't get. Yeah. It's almost like he did a bad job. He did like it's one no like short film. Or so. I was looking at his credits and it's just Master of Disguise and that's it. Production design for Done. every Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. I mean, you just ha- you have to ha- occupy so such vastly different headspace to consume a, a Perry Andalyn Blake as opposed to a Paul Thomas Anderson. So it's just you very can't. different. Both very toxic three namers. <laughs> that's true. Very toxic. Very three-namers, toxic three namers. But you know they're working in different genres. They're both clearly auteurs. It's true. Except one has to probably live in a studio apartment right. in North one, Hollywood, one and is one definitely is Paul Thomas Anderson living on Adam Sandler's property yeah. <laughs> in, a in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's pair when when Adam Sandler's giving people tours of his estate, he's like. There, there's my friend Perry. <laughs> he bought all the golf clubs for Happy Madison, and then I let him direct the Master of Disguise. Anyways, he, he eats squirrel meat and lives <laughs> in a tent now. Anyway, you open the windows at night, you can hear him crying. There. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some people say Perry Andal and Blake's been dead for seven years, but I just haven't checked on him, so it's hard I mean, to good. say. I mean, I uh, keep finding bones of small animals around the tent, <laughs> so I assume he's doing all right. He's out there and he's scavenging. Yeah, he's Perry Andal and Blake, say what you will, he's scrappy. He's living his best life. He's, oh, oh God. <laughs> Eating I, chipmunks. I, <laughs> I shudder to think what Perry Andal and best Blake's life best is. life looks like. Oh, looks a lot like the master disguise. Oh, shut oh man! Up. It is crazy that someone who apparently made the, a name for themselves in production design has a movie that either all the sets are empty or full of eye party decorations. What, what if he just hates production design and he's good at it? So he's just like, for this movie, no production. He's design. definitely not good at it. Like, what? He's definitely not good. Well, at I it. can't. That's true. Now I want to go back and watch Adam. Well, no, no, I don't. But like now, I want to look at frames from Adam Sandler movies to be like, is the production design actually? Is it good? It's is not it? bad. But yeah, it's yeah, not like noticeable. Bad, but it's like. But there's not like with Adam Sandler. I mean, I guess he did design Little Nicky Hell. Yeah, that was like. That mini golf course in Happy Gilmore looked pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to play there. Is that right? I it's don't know if he designed that. They might have just found oh, it. Pears. Sweet little pears. Mm. Someone check up on him. Check up on pears. Check on pears. Is there a smell coming from Perry's apartment? Mm. <laughs> from his tent. He might be dead. <laughs> Someone open Perry's tent. Make sure he hasn't just dissolved <laughs> somewhere in his apartment. Make sure he hasn't become another person. <laughs> Like he's always wanted. There's like a there's a moderate like there's like a thirteen percent chance that he would become a, a a very racist thing if he was becoming another person. I think right. it's safe to say that Perry and Blake is racist and dislikes women based yes. on the content of his on w- the, one movie. On the, <laughs> on the evidence we have. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, on that on that bold <sighs> <Scathing>. note. <laughs> Listen, movie. we could talk for two more hours about Master Disguise, so but much. we should probably stop. Okay. Um, I th- yeah, I think everybody should watch it. Uh, I think it's. I think I, watch I it, guess. but don't watch it alone. Don't pay for it. Don't watch it alone. They shouldn't. They, they need to it know should, what they did. Right. Is it should wrong. be a service. It should be a free service yeah. that allows you to rent watch it from it. your it library. Be, if you ooh, can get the call. DVD from your library and then listen to the the commentary. Commentary is a, a banger. Or, like, try to steal a copy and then get rid of it when you're done. Take mm-hmm. it out of circulation. <laughs> Take it out of its misery. Right, yeah. but you have to throw it back into the plastic vet from which it was printed. Yeah. That's the only way to destroy it. Not everyone has got the hookup at the Brockton, Massachusetts FYE. That's true. 
like I do. I had to. <laughs> I texted my brother to make sure on the way over. I was like, it was your drug dealer who got me a copy of The Master of Disguise on DVD, right? He's like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, listen. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, he's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Janie, where can we find you online? What do you want to plug, if anything? Oh, uh, you can listen to my podcast, The Bechdel Cast, every Thursday, Shoot. Uh, where me and my co-host, Caitlin, uh, have a famous movie, and then we tear it apart based on how it treats its female character. Have you awesome. done this movie? We haven't. Caitlin won't let me. <laughs> she won't, she, there is some. I I got away with doing G, doing Gili, and then she was like, "You can't pick anymore." <laughs> so I haven't gotten to pick in a long time. There, it's never gonna happen. Maybe if maybe if I can <laughs> trick her into signing something, I'm still I'm lobbying. I'm angling for a doubt episode. I want a doubt episode. As doubt's my favorite movie. But that the is number? a conversation for another day. Yeah. <laughs> I love doubt. I enjoyed that movie. That's cool. it's, All right. Uh, and then you could uh, follow me on Twitter at Hamburger Phone. That's it. Cool. Cool. Nice. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming out and Thank doing this. Thank you very much. Thanks, hey, for, thanks for finally for giving me, me an excuse to watch The Master Disguise. God, mm. you're welcome. It's on so many worst lists of all time. 1%. Rotten Tomatoes. I, th- I say it's harsh. It's brutal. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.